Now here's part two of Veterinary Social Work with Humane Roundup and Kelly Brinkman. What happens in those situations, like it's all been good so far on this on this episode, which is which I expected. But there's got to be situations where people are just like, fuck you, I don't want to hear it. Like, how do you deal with that? 100%. Just the same as you guys get that, right? Um, the work is hard and not everyone, I see it as this, not everyone's in a place where they can accept the help that's been offered. And in animal welfare, we sometimes have this great approach of, I'm going to save you. I'm going to save this pet. I'm going to save everything. In social work, I really had to learn that I have to meet someone where they are. And if I solve that problem for them, I haven't really given them anything or done anything. I've, I've alleviated this moment of problem, but I haven't helped them come to a solution. So there are lots of times when someone is not interested in my help, even though it's clear they could <clears throat> benefit from it. So it does become a thing where I have to be resilient. And then we also have to use the humane law enforcement team as they're designed, which is if you're not going to accept the help or do the things we say, there are citations, there are the next steps. But for it is also something that I have to help the staff realize that there are some times when things are a problem, but they're not our problem. For example... I think you guys talked about if someone calls and it's a frequent problem, someone's on the corner with their dog begging for money. Well, that's not a crime and that dog's in good shape. So sorry. Um, Mm -hmm. We will get that too, where someone will call me down to admissions and say, someone's here to get free food for their dog from our food bank, but it's clear that the kids and the dog are living in the car. Can you come down and and can you make it stop? Um, Well, no, I can't. I can come down and offer resources to this family who's obviously in a tough situation. But in our state, if I don't have a reason to mandatory report with that child, living in the car and being experiencing homelessness is not, is not a reason for you to not have your children or your pet. So it's this idea that I also have to remind the staff and myself that that might be a problem later on, but that's not the problem we're addressing right now. Um, and then I just try to keep it together when people are doing those things, like refusing the help that I know could benefit them. I just, in my mind, realize that they're just not ready for what's happening right now. And I want to keep that line of communication open. Um, I make the joke that if you go anywhere in the city of Portland, Oregon, my card's laying somewhere. (laughs) 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 Because like I have them everywhere. They're like stuffed in my glove box and in my pockets and in my wallet. Um, Because whenever I see someone, I'm like, hey, if you need some help, just give us a call. So it's just about being out there and continuously offering that help. Well, and I think that's the key thing. And no matter <clears throat> whether we're talking mental health related or not, um, if the person is not ready and willing to accept the help, there's not much you can do. Um, I think that it, you see you guys see it more in your work because you're physically interacting with someone face to face. Yeah. And that is so difficult to know that they could benefit from services that they refuse to accept. It's hard, but you're, you can't, you can't force someone to get the help that they need in most settings. I want to, okay. Before we get into the aspect of where you're at for your actual team, mm-hmm. why the title veterinarian or veterinary social work and why not humane social work or animal welfare social work? Because currently there's only, I mean, really, I only know four of us doing animal welfare work. Okay. 
Yeah, currently of the hundred or so of us who are doing the veterinary social work, um, most of them are inside a veterinary clinic and they are offering things like um, if a vet- if you unfortunately had an emergency and you took your pet into an emergency vet and that veterinarian is talking about quality of life and euthanasia, yes. um, that vet or that technician might spend a good 30, 45 minutes with you going over those things. And it's not at that point, they've given a diagnosis, a prognosis and a plan, right? There's nothing's going to change. They're just going over that information. It's just really hard for you to hear. And you might want to talk about it or explore that quality of life option. Okay. At a lot of places, this is where the veterinarian gives that diagnosis, that idea, that plan. And then that veterinary social worker will go in and go over that quality of life with you and talk about euthanasia and talk about pet loss and grief and what this is going to be like and answer those questions. Because then it frees up your tech and your vet to move on to the next emergency that's already come in. And so a lot of uh, the beginnings of this work were always in a veterinary setting. And so the name has stuck. Um, but I do think that as more of us do animal welfare, it's become obvious that this is going to be a big part of most animal sheltering moving forward because we're already trying to do this work. I think that when I tell people what I do, people are so excited, but lots of people who work inside of a shelter or who work as an officer somewhere think, well, I'm sort of doing some of that. (laughs) And, and my, my response is, of course you are because doing animal welfare work doing humane law enforcement, doing animal control has such an aspect of social work, just like being a police officer does. There are so many aspects of social work that are rolled into that job. So, so then, is, yeah, I was going to, I was yeah. going to just have you um, go ahead and, and start talking about how you're available for staff. Like how do we, like what situations are, are they coming to you and what does that look like? Are you talking to staff daily, weekly? How does that, like, are they required to go after a specific type of case, et cetera? Yeah. So I, we, when you look at the data for me, it looks like at the Oregon Humane Society, I spend about 60% of my time with the public. So that's like interacting with humane law enforcement clients out in the field or talking to people in the admissions department or with our veterinary community hospital that's opening. And I spend about 20% then building things within the community. I'm out talking to housing tenants rights groups or the small tiny villages that are helping people get transitional housing if they're experiencing homelessness. I'm out in the community letting people know resources and also making connections. And then that last 20% is really what I, I spend with staff, including like humane law enforcement. And that can look, every month we do psychoeducation, which means um, I pick a topic or we do a needs assessment from the staff and figure out what they want to hear about. And we, I present some information to the team on whatever topic we're talking about. So recently we talked about empathy. Um, next month, I think we're talking about um, how to keep your cool doing emotional conversations, uh, completing the stress cycle, compassion, fatigue, burnout. So we do one session in person and one session online every month. And that is the staff's chance to come and learn about something and participate in the discussion. And this was being done before I arrived at OHS with a wonderful clinician named Kelly Grace. She's a marriage and family therapist in Portland, and she runs a group called Second Growth. And she was an OHS volunteer who saw our staff struggling and said, can I help you? And so those were already being run, and now I help run those. And you also, as a supervisor or a manager in the building, can reach out to me and say, my team is having a lot of trouble with this. 
I can okay. see my team struggling with this. And then I try to figure out, is that something I can help with? Are there already resources we're doing? Um, and, and then I can come present to your group or lead a discussion. And hopefully my training from UT, from Tennessee, also gives me conflict management skills and compassion fatigue uh, skills. And so hopefully I can help the team. And then I do offer one-on-ones for the team if we can, t- if you need to talk about something or you need a referral. Most of the time, I'm sort of triaging a problem and I'm referring you on to the next thing. Um, so for our staff, they might be asking me, how do I find a therapist in town? I want to talk to someone, but I don't want to shock them by talking about the animal cruelty cases I see. Who's a good therapist in town for that? Great. I got a lot of connections. Let me help you find one. Um, or I have been struggling with whether or not I want to apply for this job or do this. If they want to role play something with me, if they want to, how do you want to talk to your supervisor about it? Those are all things I can help them with. So it's just general support. And I think sometimes just knowing that your organization is systemically aware that this job is hard and they're providing resources can be part of the battle. Like my presence is part of the battle. Dan, I've stunned you both by saying. <laughs> no, nah, this is Bishop always does this. She she's so thoughtful. She's in. Aww. She's just. She's in there. She's like, I don't. I want to make sure I say it the right way. No, yeah, and then and then I also do debriefings after a large case. So that's that, awesome. That's the other part that I really truly believe in is, um, when you guys go out and you execute a search warrant and you have a big seizure you go back to the office and you logistically talk about what went well, what could be better for next time. Do I need seven staff instead of five? Do I need four cameras instead of two? But what we're not talking about is the impact of seeing those things on you. I want to normalize that that's hard, that you don't have to wear that trauma like a badge. Like opening a freezer with 12 dead bodies in it. Absolutely. Or lifting up a couch and seeing 12 dead bodies. Um, those are the things that we want to talk about and normalize that it's difficult and, and tell you the ways you can deal with it and then and let you know there are resources to you. Because the more we talk about that and normalize that, the, the more we can help you get the skills to be resilient. Because the goal is that we don't want you to burn out and quit that job in three years. You, you're here for a reason. You're here because you look you believe in this work or you love this work. I don't know. Your benefits are good, whatever it might be, but we want you to continue the work. And so I see my, my debriefing skills as a way to help you figure out what are the skills that you can use to stay at that job and stay resilient. Would you say that you, cause you said you've been doing this particular job for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the specific staff that you've been working with, have you seen an improvement in whether it be morale or just overall work environment or anything like that in, in as little as a year already? We think so. So it's really difficult to track things like turnover, right? Cause there's so many things that go into it. Um, but we, 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 I do a, I do a little survey after you come get services from me and I ask you some questions. And so far the response is mostly I'm just happy to have someone there to talk to. And now I know my organization cares about this Hmm. and I have access to resources. And I think those are the, those are, if you asked me a year ago when I, after I did my internship for a year and I was starting the full-time job, like, what are you hoping to get out of? What metrics are you using? we can talk about, I want to see this many staff. I want to spend this many hours with our teams. But really, if you said to me that 
people are going to come out of the year and they're going to feel like this place as an organization cares about my well-being, I would have said, I don't even know if we can, I don't even know if that's possible because we in animal welfare have this terrible habit of saying self-care is your problem. If you're having a problem with the work, you're not tough enough to do the work. You're not cut out for this. It's not a calling for you. But the truth is we can do all the self-care in the world, but if we're not set up in an organization that recognizes that this is important, it might not matter how much self-care we do. I'm going to just put it out there really quick. NACA. Hey, NACA. NACA. Yeah. The National Animal Care and Control Association, whatever your acronym stands for. NACA. I hope you're listening. That's right. NACA. I'm saying it on the show. and I'm not editing this out. This would be a great resource to provide to your NACA members. Maybe hire a couple of veterinary social workers that can be available that can help at least take phone calls or video chat or answer emails I don't know about the field response, but how cool would that be, NACA? I will say that uh, because I'm also a certified veterinary technician. Yay! Um, I have been getting a lot of emails from the state, um, from our veterinary board and stuff, talking about mental health and um, having resources available. Um, for the veterinary professionals. So, you know, maybe that'll be at least something in the state of Wisconsin that can maybe kind of branch off into also other animal welfare, because I mean, there's been a huge uh, uptick in veterinary suicides and things like that, because you know, getting screamed at by people all day long and the euthanasias, et cetera, et cetera, which we all equally deal with. Um, and so obviously it, it's a necessity for us as well. Um, but I'm hoping that that maybe that'll be a new wave that other places can start riding on. I think that's a great point because we've known for just a little bit that, 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 people who complete or die by suicide who are in the veterinary field is not just veterinarians. It is technicians as well. Um, and that is extended to animal welfare. So when you ask people about their, their job status and animal welfare is your, like your actual job, what you do, not your, not a volunteer, something like that. Um, the amount of stress that you get from your job is quite heavy. And it's, it's sort of like this moral tension or moral stress where lots of times we know what the right thing to do is, but we can't get it done. Either the person won't do the things we're asking. If you're a veterinarian, they won't either they can't or won't pay for the services or they can't or won't comply with like the medication schedule or what you're asking. Um, just like an animal welfare, you can, you know what the right thing to do is, but we might lack the resources to do it or the follow through or the staff that can be such a burden and it really can weigh on you. And so this idea that we have to offer resources like as a community, like as a veterinary community, as an animal welfare community, as your you know, professional agency, it's so important because it also tells you that I value what you do and I recognize how difficult it is. I, I mean, I don't need executive leadership to walk downstairs to me and say, hey, you probably heard and saw a lot of crap today. So, you know, good work. What I need is for them to have someone on staff or resources available to show me that we want you to stay in this job and we want you to be able to do this work for as long as you want. 
And that includes that systemically we're able to support you. I think it's great work. The website, so OregonHumane.org is the shelter website, correct? Correct. Yeah. So uh, OregonHumane.org, we're super excited about the community veterinary hospital that's opening, and that's going to shift my job a little bit. We're going to offer um, sort of a sliding scale with access to care, which we're so excited about. It's so needed where we are. So it is going to shift what we're doing. And I'm so pleased to be a part of a place that, you know, we're opening this brand new facility and we've already talked about how do we train these customer service agents or these front desk staff who are dealing with people in this environment? Can we help them use trauma-informed language? Can we help them understand what, what it means to, you know, ask them the appropriate questions and not have to have them explain their story to seven different people. Like these are the principles we're going to be working with moving forward. And I, I'm so proud to get it, to be able to help them plan that. And there's lots of great resources out there. No one has to reinvent the wheel. And in fact, what I love about the UT website is that there are sort of different ways to include a social worker in your, in your organization. Can you afford to hire one? Great. Please give us jobs. Um, if you can't afford to hire one, is there a clinician in your area who specializes in this who would work for you on a contract basis? If that's not happening, could you reach out <laughs> to someone around who might be able to provide that support, you know, telemedicine or over the phone? There's lots of different ways. And lots of shelters are trying cool things. You just have to look around a little bit. Uh, Vancouver Humane Society up in Canada offers some free training that is um, about trauma-informed language, compassion fatigue, burnout, all kinds of things, as well as, you know, there's a human animal services, the Haas working group is offering lots of great ideas. And so it's just about networking and getting out there and figuring out who else is doing this and how can I replicate that where I am. That's awesome. If people want to reach out to you specifically, mm -hmm. I know you're on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, is there a way to get in touch with you through the Oregon Humane Society or how would they reach out just if they had questions? Absolutely. I would love to field questions. It's my favorite thing. Talking about veterinary social work is my jam. I love to talk to animal care workers. It's, I love it. Um, so my email is K-E-L-L-Y-B, Kelly B, at OregonHumane.org. And so that's a great way to reach out to me. And I am in the office Monday through Friday, and I try to reach out within 48 hours of getting your information. Um, and it's, you know, it's a busy season for us right now. I'm sure you guys are all seeing it as well in animal sheltering. It feels like it's a never ending cycle of things coming in the door. So it's busy right now, but I still am trying to able to reach back out within a couple of days. Well, thank you so much. This has been amazing. You know, we, we still have to get to our game. I hope you're ready to play it. Um, <laughs> but before we do that, was there anything we didn't cover that you want to make sure our listeners know? I mean, it sounds like you're just doing amazing work and it, to me, it's kind of the wave of the future. So the more people we can educate about what's going on, I think, you know, the more we're going to see, start seeing this across the, the country. I think that you guys did a great job with questions. And I feel like this is such a great conversation to have because it's just normalizing that having a mental health professional with you in this work is so beneficial for not just clients, but for staff as well. So I really appreciate y'all doing this today. Heck yeah. All right. So this game yeah. is called the pick of the litter. Pick of the litter is brought to you by the Humane Educators of Texas. That's right. The Humane Educators of Texas. Check them out. HumaneEducatorsOfTexas.com. And they do some great work down there in Texas. However, it's time for this game, the pick of the litter. Pick of the litter is just basically whatever the heck you're feeling. Uh, we we ask questions, you answer. You can pick 
from the list that we give you, you can pick none, you can pick all, you can insert your own answer there. It's really however you feel. We just like to get to know people. And then if you want to expand on why you pick what you pick, feel free. Great. Let's do it. Bishop, take it away. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oh, he should. He lost his calling as an announcer. I know, so, when I first met you, Dan, I was like, "This is a good podcast voice." You got <laughs> uh, van, truck, or SUV? Ooh, truck. I'm from the Midwest, so truck. I gotta be able to go back. You got you. You're, you probably grew up with the truck with the front bench seat where three people sat across, sometimes four. Absolutely, it had that weird weaved seat that always put imprints. Yes. <laughs> And, and then about 10 people in the in the bed of the truck. Right? Always. <laughs> Going to the bonfire. All right. Cat, dog, or other? Cat. I have a 20-year-old cat that I'm trying to spend Aww. all my time with right now because every time I look at him, I'm like, are you breathing? Um, but yeah, so it's my jam. Old cats specifically are my I jam. I love old cats. Nice. <laughs> all right. Hip-hop, country, or rock? Ooh, all of the above. If it's live music, I will go see it. Um, we have this great exercise I do with staff called a self-care map, where when you're feeling good about your life, you sort of put things on a list of when I'm feeling crappy in life, these are the things I do to make myself feel better. And on my spiritual thing, um, instead of like prayer, go to church, mine is like, just go to live music. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nonprofit, muni, or police department? Nonprofit. That's where my heart is. Although I've worked at other organizations, um, nonprofit is definitely where my heart is. And I'm super lucky to work at one that has access to quite a bit of funds and we have wonderful donors who support the work. So that makes my experience a lot different than some other nonprofits, but nonprofit. Uh, I want to stop you there and ask a quick question. Mm -hmm. Do you know of any kind of grants or anything if anybody is trying to actually establish this, but they really, they are a nonprofit and don't have the funds for a position like yours? Yeah. So I will say that um, <clears throat> Banfields um, had some initial grants for that were specifically working with domestic violence, as well as Petco and PetSmart. Um, they weren't exactly veterinary social work grants, but the idea of some of those grants, and especially from the ASPCA, is that we're trying to keep pets and people together. So if you have a skilled grant writer or you have access to a skilled grant writer, you can make the argument that the preserving the human-animal bond and keeping pets and people together is best served by a veterinary social worker. And then there are occasionally some from like Department of Justice and other things that are really trying to help certain populations. So if you have an area of your county that you know has high domestic violence or veterans issues, those are some times when you can go to that governmental agency and you can really sort of talk your way into the grant, adding that veterinary social worker. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Back to the game. <laughs> Bite or cruelty? Wait, I don't even know. Am I, is this like what I would like to not happen to me? I don't... <laughs> it's, you know, it's however you perceive it. We just throw it out there and then that way we get a look into your soul a little bit by how you answer these questions. It kind of makes us the cat. You know how cats just kind of stare at you and you yeah. feel them digging into your soul? That's us right now. You guys are practicing perfect counselor etiquette where you just quietly wait for someone to say something. Um, yeah, if I could see your faces, I'm sure you have the, the head side tilt counselor not. Um, so, um, 
I would say cruelty because in my mind, what you're saying is, is that a case I would rather go out on a bite dog bite case or cruelty case? I'd rather go out on a cruelty case because dog bite cases for me when I worked at the city of Seattle and went out on calls were the worst. <laughs> Fair. Totally good. Yeah. Uh, body armor or none? None, because I don't wear any, but I appreciate that you might have to have it. Although when you say body armor, in my mind, all I see is that scene from Heat, that movie, that glorious, <laughs> glorious movie where they're just walking down the street and I would want body armor, I guess. <laughs> uh, barking or stray? Oh, mm. I would rather go on a call for a stray animal than I would a barking dog. Because telling someone their their dog is bad is like telling them their kid is bad. And oof, it's feisty. (sighs) Sometimes more so than when it's their kid. (laughs) Yes. Radio or cell phone? Oh, cell phone all the way. We used to have to carry radios at uh, Oregon Humane when I worked there 15 years ago. And now that we have like phones, my life is so much better. (laughs) Zoom or in person? Oh God, in person, in person, in person. <laughs> All day. I think we only had one person say, uh... She's, they said both. Well, listen, I don't mind the part on Zoom where I sort of get to do whatever I want and like where how I'm dressing and what time I get there in the commute. But there is something I miss from being in person. And one of the things that I know keeps me resilient at work is just being in a community of people who I can make jokes with no matter how like dark my humor is, or I can just be around and say rando things about animal welfare and have someone respond. And I just, my jokes don't seem to be as funny over zoom. Never, <laughs> you know, and I don't, I don't think I'm funny at all, but on zoom, I'm like the worst thing of like, people are like, can this just be over? <laughs> this is so bad. They're throwing tomatoes at the screen. Like, <laughs> Oh, DOA or skunk? Oh, man. I feel like this is awful. This is like the worst animal welfare answer. I feel like DOA because that is like a smell that I'm more familiar with. Uh, don't, don't fret. That is the most popular answer oh, so far. <laughs> um, all right. This one, I, I'm not sure if you've had any uh, workings with this, but... Catchpole, Snappy Snare, or Lariat? Ooh. Catchpole, because it's the one I'm most comfortable with. Like, I could, like, ninja battle with a catchpole. <laughs> Everything else I feel like would take a little more work and requirement. I kind of want to name this episode Ninja Battle with a Catchpole. But, <laughs> but I also liked, um, what did you call it? Trauma sauce. No, you called it oh, something trauma like... sliming. Oh, I love that too, but... You know, anyway, well, that is our game. Uh, we really appreciate you playing and we really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been great to hear from you and we really admire what you're doing out there and, and really hope to see more people get into the field in the animal welfare world so we can we can help out. And I'm sure this won't be the last time we hear of you or from you. So just, you know, keep keep up the good work. Thank you so yeah. much for your time today. I really appreciate it. It was a wonderful conversation. Absolutely. Let us know too, if there's anything big going on in the world of veterinary social working, um, you know, we can always have you back on too. And, or if you've ever want to talk about something specific, you know, 
we could even almost do like a little like debriefing episode or something. Oh, I'd love that. I really do believe in that. And this idea that we could, that we have the tools and the resources to make this job a more sustainable long-term for, for people. It really is. It's what feeds my soul. That's great. Well, you have fans here at the Humane Roundup podcast. And as always, please like, share, and rate the podcast. Don't forget to comment or isn't that what I just said? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, as always on the Humane Roundup podcast, we like to say thanks for listening and keep it humane. We did it. That's fantastic. (laughs) 